0: On to your butts.
1: Nature uh n- nature's gonna make it make it happen. Nature'll nature'll get you there. Nature uh nature is goldblum. Hi, everybody. Uh, <laughs> yeah that's the that- strongest joke. Oh, no, super not, super duper not. Super duper not. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the energy of this podcast, Hunter.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> I'm I'm
2: in. I'm in Ah, uh, Goldblum! I could never do a Goldblum. I've tried so hard. I've tried so many bits. I can't fucking nail it, even though it should be the easiest. I can't do it. I,
1: well, I th- I think a lot of people with Goldblum, people try to mimic the his tone before they mimic his it's cadence. It's not
0: the tone, yeah. It's yet. his cadence. It's, the cadence. it's the weird cadence.
1: Jeff yeah. Jeff yeah. Goldblum speaks like a like a supporting character in a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, I yeah, hundred um, percent. That's true. Uh, Hi, everybody. This is, uh, I think you'd be into it. The podcast about your problematic fave. Nope, just your faves. Damn. Uh, I'm your host, Brandon it Beck.
0: It feels so much more satisfying to say problematic faves, but it's it just, look, there were reasons. okay? The, the,
1: and like the, honestly, honest to God, the only problem with this fave is that they all, is that dinosaurs aren't real. Our guest today is, uh, you know him as the host slash. Uh, creative madman behind sketch that tune behind nope go sketch not, yourself oh, fuck me okay no. let me let me let me try that again our guest today uh, you know him as the mad genius behind <laughs> go sketch yourself and it's like like litany you of Fernandez changed and Rose, you said that. names and uh Tony the Wonder Llama which okay. I'm still not entirely sure what that is. I just know it's a thing a lot of a lot of people very much enjoy. Uh, Hunter Altman, welcome to the show., uh,
2: thank you. thank you. Um, uh, yes, I, I not only have I done sketch that tune, I've bombed harder in that show than I think I ever have, so I can't even think about because I love that show so much, and i need I need to win them over again. So now that's my new path as soon as this quarantine's over. That's, but yeah, uh, okay. thank you for having me. Uh, Tony the Wonder Llama is a man who's made of pee who is very sad. And. But isn't it so I, much oh, more I than that?
0: I saw a thing with that once, and then, like, her <laughs> son was a. Yeah. The, he was in a gal. I think this was its anniversary a couple years ago, maybe. Yes. I didn't
1: understand it. Isn't <laughs> is one of the States' albums just a Tony the Wonder Llama album?
2: That is accurate, yes. Which, uh, it's which state? presented by. It's Nevada. Uh, his okay. shtick is that he, uh, he uh, I did like a one-man show like five years ago that wasn't a one-man show. It was just me and Laurie Roddenkamp dicking around. But like we we wound up putting it together as a spank. The great Joey Cliffs put it together and we brought it to the pack. We were like, we'd love to try and put this up and try and get a career out of it. And BOC said, that's great. Write a new show every month and we'll let you. And we said, okay, we'll do that. And that, that was our biggest mistake.
1: <laughs> I and, feel
2: that. Writing a one, uh, like a show, like while, and I was like just post concussion at this point. Oh, And no. I was still doing uh, So we did like over like eight months, six shows that ended with a theme park ride. It was the best. Oh, uh, I enjoyed shit.
1: it. Awesome. I, I have um, for years wanted to do pack theater the ride, which mm-hmm. would just be... Putting like, I would want to film a ride, like a Back to the Future of the Ride style ride video in the pack with pack people and then show it on the screen and bring in like four people at a time and put them on like rolly chairs and basically just do a simulator.
2: That's almost exactly what we did.
1: Oh shit, that rules.
2: Like, what? What 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 we did was uh, you know BOC in the theater they were like oh this is going to be your big grand finale let's fucking do it like let's give you a full hour to really make your statement and my statement was I didn't write, want to write another hour, um, so we just set it up that the first half hour was Emma Felicity built this incredible whole experience, it should be on YouTube. I have to put it on YouTube if I haven't. Uh, But it was like this great like walkthrough experience where we had uh, Justin Lane produce the ride video and we had Nikki Urban and Jess Amal. They were like our imps who walked you through the lines. And then me and Jules Ford, this was the first thing Jules ever did at the theater. We were like shaking the ride and making it go places while you were in there until you got to get your picture taken. And then Jules, we paid him to spend the entire fucking show in the green room with my printer making CD covers so that everyone at the end got a CD with their photo on it of the soundtrack of the show they just watched. (laughs) Because we were the stupidest people you could possibly find way too overambitious. Most people just write jokes. I'm bad at writing jokes, so I do
1: that instead.
0: <laughs> well, it sounds awesome.
1: Yeah, that sounds uh, fucking it amazing. Was Today,
0: yes. however, we are here to talk about Jurassic Park, the movie slash franchise. Which... Before we get into that, we got to get into my least favorite and most unprepared part of any Um, I think you'd be into it. Things
1: we're into this week. Oh, dude, I am so prepared today. I am like... Oh, good. Go. Go for it. Overly prepared. Okay. Go for it. I'm like Um, looking
0: around the room trying to find something.
1: (laughs) Over these past few days, I just finished watching what I think might become one of my favorite series maybe ever. Um, It's a new show on Netflix called The Midnight Gospel, And it was created by Pendleton Ward, who's the Adventure Time guy, and Duncan Trussell, who's a comedian and podcaster. And uh, basically what they did is they just took episodes of the Duncan Trussell Family Hour, which is this sort of like philosophical conversation show about like psychedelics and drugs and death. Oh, yeah, the podcast and like death and love and life and all of these just like big topics with with interesting people. And they animated them in this like the into this like psychedelic apocalypse where this pod this space podcaster goes to a different dying planet in every episode and just has like a deep conversation with someone while like crazy trippy animated shit is happening and there's two episodes in this thing, episode five uh which is about this prison planet where you can't die you, you are reborn every time you die in here and it, it's it's this beautiful meditation on like rebirth and like the patterns we fall into as people and the final episode is maybe the most beautiful thing I've ever seen on TV and led, led to me just sobbing for about 10 minutes after it was over uh, cause it had hit me so deeply in the feels, as uh, youngsters say. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really, really beautiful, funny, weird show. Uh, uh, my buddy Mike Mayfield, uh, who is an animator, was the supervising director on it, and it's just it's all so good, and I would recommend everyone watch it, but especially if you have like a high tolerance for like. Waking lifestyle stuff. Uh, so yeah, that's Midnight Gospel, uh, Adult Swim, Pin Ward, Duncan Trussell. It, it's so fucking good.
0: Nice. All nice. right, I figured it out while you were talking. Yay.
1: All right.
0: Um, I'm not into it this week. I'm into it, you know, <laughs> since 2006. But uh, I just started rewatching Psych season one. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I love that show. I do. It's my favorite show of all time. Uh, it's very good. Watching it this time, I'm having the, like, deep realization how much, uh, like, the season one, Sean Spencer is <laughs> probably very influential to the trash I'm into. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I really enjoy it. it's on It's on uh, Amazon Prime, and if you've never watched it, I suggest you go, go check it out. It's fun. It's lighthearted. It's uh, got fast-paced comedy. The cast is fucking killer. I don't know. It's a good show. I like it a lot, and I'm rewatching it. It's it's very and much that's what I'm into this week.
1: From, it's very much from that period of time when USA were doing their like blue sky shows, where yes, every single is. USA and it's show was
0: 2006.
1: Oh yes, yeah, super duper 2006, but it's it's very good. It,
2: it took me 45 seconds to realize you weren't talking about Fringe.
0: <laughs> no, like show.
2: The, I'm so bad at like TV, especially from that era. That like so much of it, like because that was like when I was like in college, watching movies. Yeah, this is a
0: this was a USA comedy, not a Fox sci-fi. Though I have also watched Fringe. I did enjoy it. I didn't actually finish it, Um, but no, uh, Psych is my favorite show. I have all the DVDs, uh, uh, because that's how old I am. But it's very good. I enjoy it, and it is. It's from that Blue Sky era. But they uh, spend, but but this one's only so much blue sky because they shoot Vancouver for Santa Barbara. So it rains a lot more in their Santa Barbara than it does in real Santa Barbara. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I,
1: I, I got to ask, though, uh, who's your favorite fringe? M- mine is probably Rosh. Fringe? What? Fringe? So when you said fringe, I, it sounded I, like fringe. I, mean,
0: I got it when you said Rosh, <laughs> but, like, it didn't work. Oh, no, I know. It was bad.
1: I have heat stroke. You're not How trapped happens? in this it's coffee like shop degrees. with me. You're fine. Mm. I, am, I, have, I have heat death. I am dying of heat. I
0: have heat death. God, you're dramatic. Hunter, what about you? Anyway, Hunter, do you have anything you're into this week before we uh, there's, there's so, end this bit?
2: so many things I'm not into right now, but I don't want to just be like, ah. So I'm going to say it, and it's going to sound like it's a bit, but it's not a bit. Uh, music. Um Hell yeah. I feel like in the in the context and specifically buying albums, because there's no reason for me to do that whatsoever, because I'm trapped in my fucking apartment for most of the time, uh, except for the great salvation. That is uh, Beth, which might come up a little bit later in terms of Jurassic Park and the theme song. Uh, But like I've bought more albums since quarantine started than i've purchased probably in three years even though i could just spotify or whatever it is and part of it is like okay the charity element of some of them but also part of it is like you know what yeah i do want it to be like this is a thing i did and i'm doing like uh and weirdly like one of the things like the first few weeks of quarantine was like i was just into disaster movies because they were the only thing that felt real anymore if that makes sense, mm-hmm. totally. Where yeah. it's like, it's like, oh, yeah, in Independence Day, everything's normal for a minute, and then everyone's going through the same trauma we're going through. And so, like, what that tied into was I had just watched with all my friends, uh, as a fake secret screening after Go Sketch Yourself, uh, Anna and the Apocalypse. And that mm-hmm. is a fucking fantastic, weird little insane tonal mismatch that, like, when quarantine started that weird balance was everything I wanted in my head it was like happy music, sad music, depression, zombies, everything. And it was everything I could possibly dream of. And I had to own that. And then I bought another album and then I bought another album. And then I bought the new mountain goats album because I had to get that one. Did you get the
1: cassette? And then, uh, oh,
2: Oh, I, well, I, I didn't get any of this. I don't have a working cassette player. Oh, neither do I. Uh, it does. uh <laughs> But I bought that album like an hour after I found out it was out. And even though I could have just hit play on Bandcamp 500 times, just buying an
1: album makes me feel better right now. I totally get that. I've been buying a lot of like stickers and like pins and things because they're like small stuff that you can buy that like more directly supports artists, which is like something I feel like we should all be doing at this point.
2: Absolutely, and knowing that the mountain goats going through band camp instead of going through, you know, fucking iTunes or whatever.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. But enough about the mountain goats, and more about the mountain gonna eat monsters. The Wait, you had it? You had? They're gonna eat the goats? Oh fuck! I did! I did! God damn it! <laughs> wow. See, that's why you're the expert, and I'm just some some schmuck. So, Jurassic Park. Before
0: we get into this, before we get deeply into this, I feel like it is important to point out both to you and to our listeners, though some of our listeners may know this already because I think it's come up before. I, according to many of my friends, my great shame, though I don't see the big deal, have not ever seen Jurassic Park. Um,
1: Shame.
0: I I saw the first Chris Pratt one. It was fine. But I don't know. I just, but my point is, I haven't seen the original Jurassic Park still to this day. Everybody gets really mad at me about it.
1: You have seen the one with Jimmy Buffett, though.
0: I did see the one with Jimmy Buffett. Yes, that was the first Chris Pratt one. Um, but like, obviously, I'm. It's it's such like a cultural touchstone that like I feel like I've seen most of it. So that's. <laughs> but I don't think I've ever seen it in order or actually seen it.
2: <laughs> that's one of the things that I wanted to bring up, and like, so uh, I, I brought you know last week, uh, cause we all have like, you know, quarantine brain a little bit. So like last week I had a half page of like, these are talking points I could do. But this morning, because like I was in a good headspace, I was able to watch the first like 45 minutes of the movie and take four pages of notes. And mm-hmm. so one of the things that like really stands out to me is the difference between a movie and its iconography. And, and like, can 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 I jump right into the opening Oh hell after?
0: for it jump yeah. into anything.
2: Okay. So Brandon, you've seen this film, right? Uh
1: many times, yeah. I I believe I've okay. seen all of them. You most of them I've so, only seen once, but I've seen the original probably five or six times.
2: Okay. So tell me what the original movie the opening scene is. Because oh, I think there's a very there's a very interesting twist depending on whether you grew up in 1993 versus if you saw it in like 2007.
1: Uh, The opening scene is it's nighttime and it's like rainy and they've got the T-Rex or some raptors in like a big like shipping crate.
2: And yeah, it's a,
1: they're trying to load some stuff in and somebody gets eaten and it scared the shit out of me when I was like exactly. seven it's or a, however old
2: I was. It's a terrifying, great scene. It rules. And you know, the, the beats of the scene are just, okay, raptor crate gets flown in, uh, raptor crate gets landed. They send someone up there to open it, but the raptor is too smart and the raptor knocks it away so that he can kill that guy or she can kill that guy. And it's a fascinating, interesting scene. But if you actually watch that scene today, like with no subtext whatsoever, the first shot of the movie is trees. It's just trees and they're shaking. You're meant to think we're about to see a T-Rex in the first fucking shot of this film. Oh, and shit. they immediately misdirect you into, no, it's just a giant metal box.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: If you're watching that in 1993, it's such a different takeaway than if you already know that scene because it's become culturally relevant. And that blows my mind because you can't plan for that. You have to have a scene that's good enough to be culturally relevant, if that makes sense.
1: Oh, totally. And the fact that we've all had, since the first one came out, nearly 30 years of like Spielberg adventure movies and 100%. other Jurassic Park movies and so, like, if you were to come at it now, it would be like, okay. It was like when I watched Terminator in college, when when I had never seen it before. I was like, I don't see what the big deal is. This is just, like, a less great version of a lot of action movies we've seen since then. But, like, at uh, the time, it was mind-blowing. Terminator 1 or 2? Terminator 1.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. T2, I just did a deep dive on T2. It's That movie blows my mind in a very different way. Um, but I digress. Um... I just so, it has, yeah. I,
0: what what is it about this movie that has grabbed you? I'm assuming from childhood.
2: A Sense of wonder, hundred uh, percent. It's yeah. it creates it creates a world where things, even if they have not aged well, they feel real in like the right ways. And like I'm I'm not the type of person to be like, oh, the Marvel movies are all CGI. That's why they're bad. Like, I would say that, like, oh, movies from the 90s are all CGI. That's why they're bad. I would say Jurassic Park, like, there's only, like, three minutes of CGI in the entire film. Everything else is, like, filmmaking craft to trick you into thinking you're watching something real. And that, that to this day, that blows my mind. And it's not always meant to look real. Like, some shots in this movie just feel like living paintings. Like, the, every shot with a brachiosaur feels like you're just staring in awe at something instead of being terrified that it's gonna step on you.
1: That's the bit. that's the big boy,
2: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The super tall one. Like the, the the one that they crawl into the big uh the big tree and they get to like feed.
1: Oh right.
2: Yeah.
0: They got the long necks.
2: The the big necks, yeah yeah. The not, not, necks.
1: The, not the one where like Sam Neill grabs Laura Dern's face. Yes.
0: <laughs> I I know a lot of dinosaurs. I just don't yeah. know a lot about Jurassic Park. I really like dinosaurs. When I used to work at the Kids Comics Publisher, we did a dinosaur book and I got really excited because I got to check all the dinosaur names.
2: (gasps) They're so much fun. Like I I I do, I I
0: love dinosaurs. So it feels like it feels like this should be the kind of thing that's like a thousand percent my shit. But I I I don't know, I just I never I never watched it. But I I do know that the effects, I mean, I've seen enough in the world and like read enough online and stuff. The effects were just so they're still kind of ahead of their time. Some of the original movie effects still, they're so practical. They still look better than fucking right. Jurassic World.
2: Well, uh, yeah, I mean, Jur- Jurassic World had one scene that had uh, like anything that was practical. And that was that was a bummer. I, I wa- I, uh, it was uh, when you see the the long neck that uh, it's a different species of long neck that was killed and they walk up to it. And he hol- uh, Chris Pratt holds its head. Oh, gotcha that's it and then uh in the sequel all all of them in the trucks were mostly uh cgi uh, not cgi uh practical gotcha um and then like you know they touched him up which i'm to- i'm totally cool with. i'm totally cool with cgi i'm what what i want is not like leaning on the cgi like there's yeah. this there's this one incredible shot, and I, I bring it up to anyone who has ever had a drink with me. I apologize to all. Um, there's one shot in the movie where there's a T-Rex, he's attacking, uh, she's attacking two cars, and the T-Rex smashes uh, its head into the car, and then the head pulls off, out of frame for a split second, and then the T-Rex just runs 500 yards immediately. It's off frame for maybe three frames total. But that persins- persistence of motion is exactly where it goes from it's practical to it's completely CGI and running and could never be practical, but your eye tracks with it, and so mm-hmm. you track with it. and that that's what I mean is like just using the filmmaking tricks versus, hey, look over there, that's a big T-rex, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. oh, yeah, it's also the most realistic Jeff Goldblum has ever looked.
2: oh, yeah you well know, you had to put you know dress him like that
1: mm. Mm-hmm.
0: I was, and, he's, <laughs> and then and then that's this is the movie where Jeff Goldblum in the shirtless scene comes from, right?
1: Yes. Hundred percent. The
0: thing the internet likes a lot. Yes.
1: I was, yeah, no, t- and,
0: and 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 the Mr. DNA cartoon that Brandon likes to make jokes about that I don't understand.
1: Dinosaur
2: DNA. You, yeah. You, do, do we want to jump into right now the '90s awfulness of it as well? Because we oh, can talk absolutely. some bad absolutely. things about Jeff Goldblum. We can talk some very bad things about we can the talk guy. Some bad who,
0: things about Jeff Goldblum from this week, but they have nothing to
2: do oh, with Jurassic <laughs> Park. But that—that's why, because you brought it up. Um, the guy who played Mr. DNA, you don't want to yeah. read his Wikipedia page. You don't. Oh no. Um, oh, and no. then the guy who played Dodson, you really don't want to read his Wikipedia page. Which one is he? A, uh, a guy, an actor named Cameron Thor. He plays uh, Dodson. Dodson. We've got Dodson here. He's a fucking pedophile rapist type person. Ugh. Oh, he was good. a fucking acting teacher. Took advantage of. It, it's it's awful. It's and and that's yeah.
0: Nineties.
2: Yes, a hundred percent. We have to get out of the way that nothing ages well in this godforsaken world. Nope. Uh, but we can talk about that, uh, or we can talk about the T Rex. Let's talk about the T Rex. <sighs> Um, or actually, I mean, let's, I, I just, I, I love the filmmaking in this movie. I love, you know, so much of it just works. And I love that so much of it works without making a single lick of goddamn sense. (laughs)
1: Um,
2: because it's, it's a movie that, um, it's, it's a movie that works, like the the, the idea, it's like it doesn't work on emotional. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't work on logic. It works on emotional logic. Mm-hmm. Totally. Which, so I, like, which I feel
1: like you could say for a lot of Spielberg, kind of blockbusters. A lot of Spielberg.
2: Like I was just thinking about uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, the other day. Have you seen uh, that one?
0: No, no I've seen the thing, but he probably might have.
2: So that that one is it's so fun and interesting and beautifully shot and the emotion tracks. And I don't think the movie tracks in the least, but like beat for beat, like everything like you you're going with. It. And I feel like this movie might be the best example of like that type of movie. Like the first half hour of this film is just scenes transitioning into better scenes that like, you're just floating through and you're like, wait, did that just seem that shouldn't end, just end? Wait, but I know exactly where I am now. Oh, no, no, no. You're saving this for today. I guarantee it. Oh, it's right up your alley. Oh, this. Oh, well, Grant's like me. He's a digger. And it's just like every lot. It's it's it. There's no logic. It's just here's a really cool line that'll make you leap right to the next scene. And and before you know it, you don't have the first T-Rex attack until 66 minutes into this movie.
1: Wow. It feels like it's wow, at like really? half an hour.
2: It's. Well, I mean, like, I, I, I'm someone who comes from a fe- uh, features background more than a TV background, sure. and I feel like there's two ways you can look at this movie, and it's either you're tracking the acts based on the sense of, like, wonder and the sense of plot, or you're tracking the acts based on the sense of, like, narrative and power, and if you're doing that, then this movie has a 66-minute first act.
1: That makes a lot of and sense.
2: Like, if, if you're watching it and you're like, well, uh, Newman is doing this bad thing and that's going to lead to this bad thing, then sure, you can follow that and say, well, act one is where it should be. But it's such a weirdly interesting balance because also like Spielberg knew this was he had he had an ace up his sleeve. And that's bananas to to know you have a T-Rex that's going to work. Yeah. Or like to to know you have dinosaurs,
1: and a T a T Rex is worth like five or six sharks. Oh, at least that's the that's the exchange rate these days, I believe. Yeah, they they do oh, yeah. a really interesting. thing. What was the thing. exchange rate
0: in the nineties?
1: Ah, uh, you know sharks sharks what used is that to ninety ha- 90s money. Sharks used to hold a lot more value, but uh, they don't. So there was a bit of a, a shark depression in the early nineties.
2: Uh, well, yeah. By the time we hit the late 90s, and I'm even going to pull up uh, just to confirm the research. Uh, so if uh, if in the late 90s, a shark movie is worth $164.6 uh and Jurassic Park is worth, uh, I'm, of course, talking about the legendary Deep Blue Sea. Um, oh, yes. Yes, yes. What we Jurassic will Park. survive. <laughs> the first thing we're going to do is... Yeah. That,
1: that, that moment... I've never seen the rest of that movie. I'm sure it's whatever. But that moment is so fucking perfect.
2: That, that movie is uh, the perfect B-movie for its time. Oh, I'm sure. And, like, that's, you know, you talk about, like, just revisiting B-movies from the 90s. Like, I'm halfway through Deep Impact right now. I was watching uh, ID4. I was watching Twister. But Deep Blue Sea... Every scene is a masterclass. Like, bring me on for that one next. We can fucking talk. Like, there, there, there's a scene where a shark throws Stellan Skarsgård at a piece of glass, assuming that the shark knows that glass breaks.
1: Whoa. Mm -hmm. It's
0: perfect. Yeah, that's true.
2: Like, it's, it, 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 it's true art. Okay, so Jurassic Park made four hundred million. So it is two point five times a shark, I guess, at this point
1: yeah that that Hi. exchange rate seems about yeah. about right For, yeah. it gets right. A, it gets a little trickier if you go if you go to Europe but like it's about the same
2: oh you yeah. oh, European sharks are so fucking pretentious
1: one one of the so... things that this movie does really well <laughs> uh, from the Thank jump you. the thing you were saying about like it, it, you could argue that the first hour or something is is the first act when they first one one of my favorite things that uh, a filmmaker can do is when they introduce a new space is go through it in as much like one take or as as many long takes as possible. So you really get a sense of where you are, especially if it's for a like an important space or location in a in a movie. And Jurassic Park spends it uh, once they hit the island, it's basically just the tour, which is yeah. which I think is kind of why it is able to work for as long as it does because. They're just showing you the theme park the way they would anyone else. And so they actually built this really compelling theme park mm. experience that. Which you is, get... I
0: think, what does it for you. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. I was. I was. When, Love we, it. when we booked you, mm. I told Beth, honestly, the Jurassic Park movie I want the most is a standard day where nothing goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and There's, it's just there. like, like, it's honestly just could just be some randos, like. Hey, YouTube, this is my POV walking through Jurassic Park.
2: Like, uh, so I, 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 this metaphor might not work because uh, I've never been to Disneyland. I was a New York Jew who visited my grandmother in Disney World all the time. But, uh,
0: concept.
1: we're both from the East. But Coast. don't you have an apartment at I, Universal
2: here? I mean, I live a, a mile from Universal and I have a pass and I have had for seven years. It's the best. But, like, the way, like, Star Tours has like multiple endings, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine if you could just do the Jurassic Park ride and. It goes fine. One every, one out of every three times. You just get to see a lot of cool dinosaurs, and then you go down a slide. That's oh, enough I've done for the Jurassic
0: me. Jurassic Park ride. Yeah.
1: yeah, we've done it a few times. The one actually, at Universal. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, I only did it the once with Josh, and it's one of many rides that, for some reason, every time I go on a ride at Universal, water gets in my eye. Why is yes. there spraying water effects on every single ride at Universal, even the Mummy? I went on the Mummy and I got water in my eye both times.
1: Because those are yep, the two that... things that Universal has: water sprays and kooka. I don't
0: know. Yes. Yeah, the last, the one time Josh and I went to Universal, we we got the like um. When we went to Jurassic Park, he was wearing actually a Jurassic Park shirt, and so the guy at the entrance like talked to us a little bit, told us a really bad joke that made Josh really angry, and then gave us the secret like from the line password for the day. So. So we got to go on the Jurassic, we got to jump the line and go on the Jurassic Park rides. I, I
2: So I, I have so many things I can say about the Jurassic world. And so I'm I'm just going to jump right in. Uh, my birthday yeah. this, this last year um, at the Pack Theater, kind of the split of what we were talking about with uh, doing a ride on stage. Uh, we mm-hmm. played a YouTube ride through of the Jurassic Park ride. But from right when it opened somewhere and all the dinosaurs were moving the right way. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, because you. they... Do not always do that. And so then we had uh several uh friends, I think Bree Jones was one of them, uh just standing next to me with water bottles, throwing water at my face anytime a splash would happen. And <laughs> I was just sitting on the stage. This would this did nothing for anyone in the audience because it was just for me to sit on the stage and get water thrown at me and then have a tub of water poured on me when I got to go down at the end. That's it. That's
0: all right. That's- Nobody is more here for a joke that's for one her. <laughs> Only than
2: Brandon, <laughs> it was so, it was so worth it. But part of the reason I did that was that was right after they got rid of the Jurassic Park uh, ride for Jurassic World, and I spent like six months stalking that ride, trying to. I wanted to be in the first group that got on that ride, and I did. Um, I. I, I I got there on the 4th of July knowing from the scuttlebutt that this is maybe the day it's going to happen. Spent the whole day there trying to figure it out, see if I could get in. See, I could. All right, I gave up. It was like the park was about to close. I walked all the way up to Panda Express in City Walk on the top level. I was eating Panda Express. I saw the buzz go off that it fucking opened and with a ton of Panda Express in my stomach oh. and like 17% on my phone, I sprinted what I believe is like two miles.
1: That, yeah, that's a long walk, especially <laughs> down to all get... the
2: escalators. God. Yeah. And I, and I got right at the front of the line and then I had to wait there for like 30 minutes before they let us into the line telling us, by the way, you might not even get on the ride. But mm-hmm. here's why it was fucking special. It was the 4th of July, and so there's a couple little snippets where you can see through, like, the decor of everything. And so you could watch the fireworks from the 4th of July f- from the Jurassic World ride,
0: Whoa. the first time
2: you ever rode it.
0: That's pretty cool. Whoa. Like, that
2: was, that was an experience. Like, I'm chills right now just saying that.
1: Shit, what did, what did you think of the new one?
2: Uh, not as good, um, on a purely narrative sense. Yeah. Uh, there are parts of it that are fantastic on a, uh, product, like, the ending is beautiful. The new raptor at the ending is great. I wish they had still more raptors coming up towards the middle. Apparently, they had a lot more going into the ride that was shut down because of time and money. Because, uh, there, mm-hmm. there's parts where it's like, oh, there's clearly, like, there should be something here. Yeah. But on a pu- on a purely narrative level, I love uh, the idea of the the giant water lizard. I hate where it comes in the ride.
1: Yeah, it's in a, such a weird. It's like the first thing you see, which and, is and so the, weird because it's CG. It, 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 it it's
2: CG, but it's also like there there need, need to be narrative build. I think and like you know I I did like the film school thing and one thing I remember like having like hammered into me is like. Once the cops know about it, there's no turning back. Once the media knows about it, there's no turning back. Once you know that you're in danger, you can't just enjoy the rest of it.
1: Fair, yeah. Yeah.
2: And so, like, as a ride, it's fun, but as a narrative that builds up to a very satisfying climax, it's a little less satisfying.
1: I I think Universal Creative is still trying to figure out how to really tell stories. Because they get really close sometimes. Like oh, that, they do. That, uh, f- that Harry Potter ride, The Forbidden Journey, uh, the first time I wrote it in Florida, I had no fucking clue what was going on. and had like a headache for the rest of the day. But the first time I wrote it here, and they fixed the audio so you could actually tell what people were saying, it improved the storytelling so much. But it still just feels like characters just kind of yelling at you, and then you're pushed somewhere.
2: The, the animatronics are so great in that that I wish that was just purely an animatronics ride, by the way.
1: Oh, God, like those yeah.
2: those fucking dementors and shit. And, and, and get, I love how often I get broken down on that ride, which, by the way, Jurassic Park, want to tie it all the way back. They have two rides in this movie and both of them break down and both of them people just walk right off
1: that is true wait what's what's the other what's the other ride there's there's the like wait, mr they, dna they, 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 ride and
2: then there's they can't do that can they do that and then the and then just the uh the tour they just get out of the cars oh yeah and now like i'm just here uh, 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 talking to myself that's and then best. a
1: lawyer gets eaten
2: yeah yeah they, there's so much that happens in this movie before the lawyer gets eaten that's true ah all right um Beth, I feel, I feel like we're just talking about, like, we love this movie. What? No,
0: I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't have, like, a lot of context on it. I love dinosaurs. I, I know about this from, like, the Call of the Light guys, and I know that, like, it's a property that, for some reason, has just, I mean, like you said, you even showed up earlier, you said earlier you had, like, a the game. Like, it became, So like, I don't know. On its face, it seems like it's just, like, a basic, you know, dinosaur adventure horror movie which i guess it's the first one of its kind but like it really has had this
2: technically phenomenal
0: staying power okay
2: uh because a movie named carnosaur i believe came out the week before
1: oh
0: no
2: uh made by
1: roger corman i think um, i remember hearing about carnosaur starring laura dern's mother oh lana dern Interesting. uh when i was
2: uh diane Ladd, right
1: that sounds know. about
2: right uh, yeah, no, I it's i I think that's actually one of the things that was a problem with it um when it came out was like Indiana Jones had so much like texture to it, and e t had so much heart to it. but Jurassic Park was like and and I think it's aged better in this way than in almost you know some other ways, is Jurassic Park played with archetypes in a way that movies really didn't i I think as much beforehand. Does that make like, like, cause, cause yeah. like Sam Neill, like, what, w- like, I've, I've read a bunch of like, you know, like the early, like, uh, the criticisms of the movie, and it's like, there's no characters here. But now it's like, well, yes, yeah, Sam Neill, we know who that character is because of the 20 years after it. But also, he yeah. the hell out of that character. Jeff Goldblum created an archetype that became the face of the 90s, but this is where he created it, plus, you know, like the fly.
1: Mm-hmm. True. And
2: and so I'm I'm like, I'm I'm fascinated again, like when it came out, it was just, oh, here's a B minus Spielberg, but look at those fucking dinosaurs. Yeah. But but now it is kind of the movie of a generation.
0: Yeah. Oh totally. And it did. It had that staying power. And uh talk to us a little bit about what came after. We have a sequel, we have video games, we have the reboot. Okay.
2: So uh, all right, so um, we have the ride, which is in production before the first movie comes out. Uh, oh, really?
1: That makes sense.
2: Yeah. Which it's it was like they they built it for seven fucking years. That's why it was so good when it came.
1: Jesus, out that and that's insane because that they, they have a clone of it at Islands of Adventure, and I don't yeah. think Islands of Adventure, in its entirety, took seven years to build. I think it was like three or four. Well, I know to to
2: make the technology for it. Oh, fair, yeah. Like. Jurassic Park also like might be one of the best recorded examples of a movie like this because this was peak. You can get the like the VHS making of on the video cassette, and watch it on Fox Live or no NBC because Universal. And you can read like I know what happens to that triceratops, that sick triceratops, because I read all those books. The scenes were cut out of the movie, so they just turned that into an industry of Jurassic Park exists around this. What happened
1: to to the Triceratops?
2: uh, It ate the fucking leaves we all thought it ate. That makes sense. But but they were like, no, that couldn't be. That couldn't be. Well, I guess we'll never know. The end. No, no, that's exactly funny. Like, but like there were books about it. There were books that talked about how there were eight raptors. Two of them were CGI or whatever it was. Two of them were like full body. Two of them were insert. It was like, that was like the most we could ever learn about a movie in the moment that we could learn about a movie. Because, because by, it was I, also
0: so much new technology that people were documenting it
2: a hundred and that it was so
1: fucking good
2: yeah it was good like one thing no one remembers about this movie and i wanted to come in as an asshole and lead in with this because this is what's been driving my last month is i want to see the movie the hunt so fucking badly it looks like the exact It's the movie where everyone's like red states versus blue states and uh, they're all like shooting each other and it's like a Plumhouse B movie. That's the type of movie I write. That's the type of movie I love to just like watch and enjoy and like, it's just like right in the middle of like, oh, this will be the perfect hour and a half that'll give Hunter exactly what he needs to breathe (laughs) for like an hour and a half. It's not going to be high art. I'm, I'm not watching Schindler's List. I'm watching nonsense for 90 minutes and then i have watched it and that's that's kind of all i want out of it we've kind of hit on that theme a while the hunt uh was supposed to be released in august and then there was shootings and there was terrible things happened blah 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 so they oh, pushed right. it back they pushed it back to march 12th no march 13th for friday the 13th and then five days later they released it on vod because that was exactly when the world ended right uh, And and all I wanted to do was watch that movie that I wanted to watch in August and then I wanted to watch in March. And they said, "Okay, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put this on VOD for nineteen ninety nine as a test market to see, will people buy it? The answer seemed to be no, unfortunately, but I wanted to buy it. But I also didn't want to spend 20 bucks on it,
1: Mm -hmm. which is is more than you would spend to see it in a theater here. Exactly. Even in L.A. And I promise this is going somewhere. I promise this is going somewhere. Dude, this might as well be tangents to the series. So, like, uh, you're good.
2: So I I, I go ahead and I, uh, I, I keep checking every other day to see when the price is going to go down. And finally, I found the release date. And they're releasing it, like, in early June. The price is never going to go down. I'm never going to see this film uh, until it lands on, like, HBO Now or something. Jurassic uh, Park didn't come out on VHS for a year and a half.
0: God, remember Shit. when it used to take forever to get things on VHS after they came out? Yeah, and like, this, I remember that back in the day. Now this, things come out to the point where things come out now. And I'm like, wasn't that just in theaters? My brain is still stuck in like when we were growing up in the 90s where it would take like six months to a year before something came out on vhs so in my head when something comes it's, out like four months later i'm still like wait isn't that really fast no of course it's not that fast it's 2020 beth technology has changed
1: and now too I, like direct I, to video isn't a bad word like direct yeah. to streaming it doesn't have the same uh like uh
0: stigma yes yeah, stigma. No, not,
1: not at all i know where
2: i mean, mean i i remember specifically the movie the animal uh watching that on a group date with a girl that i really liked and then we broke up and then getting that second gut punch months later when the movie came out on dvd i had to buy it what a (laughs)
0: different world
2: well i mean yeah i was 14 that was the rule um
0: (laughs) 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 yeah i know i yes (laughs) so we had the first we had the first movie it was clearly a masterpiece imperfect and i've heard the second one's not that though what's up with the second one
2: Spielberg if Gutt- we're talking
0: about the whole franchise
2: Spielberg got bored um, that's it uh, he directed he the t- second one right he directed the second one not the third one and oh, like the he- third? I didn't even know there was a third one y'all
1: <laughs> yeah with William so, H. Macy <laughs> and Felicity Huffman
2: oh my goodness and William H. Macy is acting uh, no no, not Felicity Huffman Taylor Leone. Leone oh Taylor Leone you're right you're they right. are acting in such different movies it's amazing it's so uh, weird
0: I love that. I love when just, like, one person in the movie is just in a different movie than everybody else. My it's my favorite thing. Like Jim
1: Carrey in and Sonic. Oh, Jim Carrey and, and Sonic.
0: Um, uh, What's-his-fuck? Uh, Eddie Redmayne and <laughs> Jupiter Ascending. Oh, I just watched uh, that. That's amazing. It's, he's in a different movie than everybody else, and the Terry Gilliam scene is in a different movie than everybody else I as well. I forgot Terry great. Gilliam was in Jupiter Ascending. It took me And he definitely Africa was allowed Africa. to production design his own scene. Right. Guaranteed. He's, it was.
2: It was after I saw that, like his neck. That's why he talked that way. Was like, oh, because oh, that, that that the the, the Channing Tatum molded him. That was the incredibly well done
0: exposition. It's just the whole thing is. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, God, I, uh-huh. I I'm still gonna make you guys let me do a real episode about this once. So I did a mini-sode on it.
2: I <laughs> I'm I'm gonna look that up now. But I I, I, I listened to the uh, the Dark Tower uh, and was very much
0: enjoying. This. So actually. The the girl who did uh, who did Dark Tower is my best friend JJ who is also obsessed with Jurassic Park and um is the number one person mad at me that I've never seen. <laughs> Perfect. So you have you're in good company in terms of taste. <laughs>
2: right. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna give you the rundown for the Jurassic Park movies in my opinion. If you get other people on this, you will get very different takes.
0: No worries. Oh, that we sure. want your take. That's why you're here. Yes.
2: Right. Jurassic Park One, uh, masterpiece of its time. Jurassic Park Two, director was bored of the technology, wanted to do something more fitting of him. To the point where uh, you've seen uh, you've seen the opening scene, Brandon, of Jurassic Park Two. Uh, yeah, I've seen all of them. Okay, second unit, Spielberg wasn't even on that island.
1: <laughs> what?
2: I, 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 I <laughs> the director I guess. just didn't show up like he that, that that was the level of it so in Jurassic Park we talk about the filmmaking craft of like using shot A and shot B to build up to stuff like in Jurassic Park we see the opening scene we see like snippets of this fucking raptor then way later in the movie we see a tiny animatronic baby raptor but it looks a little scary then we see them feed the raptors in the next scene and it looks like they're mauling a cow but we can't see exactly what's happening then the guy who couldn't save the life in the opening scene says they should all be destroyed and then we see the remains of the dead cow, and it's like, holy shit! We haven't seen a drop of CGI in any of those four sequences, and now we know how fucking scary those raptors are. In the okay. Lost World, if it's a wide shot, it's CGI. If it's a close-up, it's a puppet. Usually,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and and there's and so, so the effect
0: the, is just kind of lost.
2: A hundred percent. And there's some amazing stuff in The Lost World, but as a movie, it doesn't really hold up. And I don't like it, but like I'll, I'll watch that movie more than I'll watch your average bad movie because the good stuff in it is good. Jurassic Park three is not a good movie, but the team making the movie wanted to make exactly the movie that they were making. They
0: right, you got to give them credit for that.
2: It's a 90 minute Joe Johnston rocketeer action movie with a threadbare plot and a bunch of fucking really like the dinosaurs in 1999 or in 2001 are such better quality than the ones in 1993 but we don't think about that because we just think oh well it's shittier than jurassic park but I like
0: think i realized it was that late 2001
2: yeah i was i was 14 again uh i remember uh getting some posters for free because my friend's mom had worked at walmart and it's we little- stood out we stood outside of borders trying to convince people to walk over to the AMC and go see Jurassic Park 3 because we were insane.
1: Um, <laughs> like you this were in the Jurassic Park literally... 3 street team? <laughs> <laughs> we, they didn't need us. No, they didn't. Um,
0: That's very sweet, though. <laughs> That's
1: adorable.
0: That <laughs> you just really wanted people to like the thing you like.
1: A little little it's bit. Which kind of the point of this podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jurassic we, we World. We laugh because we've all been there.
2: Jurassic World I saw four times and then after I saw it the fourth time a friend of mine who is like an acclaimed television actor who has like a big career who knew some of the actors in it. You know, it was like um, just like, oh, it's like yeah, I, so this is the fourth time you've seen this movie, right? Or actually maybe cut out that last chunk about knowing the actors in it. Fuck. Um, I, I, I
1: will if you name names.
2: I, I uh, Uh, Do I need to name names just to make it worse on myself? Well,
1: I I just I'm I'm just feeling nosy, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to cut this whole thing
2: out. I'll I'll I'll, there's a fucking um, uh, basically like that group of actors who all grew up uh, auditioning together for everything. They all knew each other very well. Makes sense. Yeah. And so like yeah you know, the fucking kids from Jurassic world you're like, oh yeah those kids who you've seen them or someone like them in every fucking movie. Sure. Anyway, I see I see this movie I see it once in theaters, midnight screening and I'm crying and it's emotional and it's like Aww. this is the most power because that movie I don't think it's a good movie, but it plays its cards perfectly if the movie you want to see is a sequel to Jurassic Park. That's very true um but Wait, i don't is this
0: the new new one or are we still talking about 2001
2: this is this is 2015 so oh, I. Um, that's
0: the one i saw
2: yes so i've seen this movie and my friend comes okay and we see it the vista and we're drinking after and we're he's like you know that movie's bad right it's the fourth time you've seen it you know it's bad
0: i enjoyed it
2: so I, I, a little I,
0: ridiculous but
2: I enjoyed it. It's it's bananas, and there, but there's stuff to like. That like I can tell you, like the level of detail that went into if you track the T Rex from the first movie until the final movie, just based on facial scarring, you can actually see a character character narrative and a character arc that lasts twenty seven plus years. Oh shit! Yeah, and that's
0: because
2: it is. It's
0: supposed to be the same T Rex, right? It's, it's supposed to be because the same T they... Rex. They just keep opening up the. They just keep opening up the same island, yeah. which, of course, that's the big meme going around now. It's like, remember in Jurassic Park when we all thought it was insane yeah. that rich people would reopen a park that yeah. reopen something that keeps actively killing people, and we're like, oh, yeah. now
1: Ooh. a little topical. Um, they but, did uh, nail a lot of like theme park shit in that one. Like their their whole. Yeah, that there's you that, that there's like a Margaritaville. That yeah. there's a Margaritaville at essentially Dinosaur City Walk. Uh that they've got and Jimmy that they've Jimmy got Buffett Jimmy Fallon on the oh, Jimmy Jimmy Buffett cameo. They've got Jimmy Fallon oh, on the like bubble ride. That's, that it's was, all, I mean,
2: It's the, so the, good. The, li, the little Jimmy fucking hosts
0: the fucking universal uh yeah fucking studio tour too so it's basically just that and his own ride why
2: haven't they done a crossover of that in the universal ride where suddenly we're in a fucking ball i don't know. uh oh. i i have weird feelings about creating technology for them to be riding around in those dinosaur balls that doesn't exist it's like a hat yeah. on a hat
1: if i could um the only way i would ever go to burning man is if i could be in one of those balls and just like so. roll around and then leave it's perfect the air condition the whole time and also and also somehow not get sunburned oh, wow. yeah there, there's there, there's fun. okay so the
2: the thing i'll say about jurassic world is like it is still the background of my phone uh is the final shot of the movie because of that narrative thing we're talking about um uh i'm not sure if you can see um on the skype we're clearly doing um, I trust the, the jurassic world um uh if, if you're tracking like the age of that T-Rex, that T-Rex is elderly. That yeah. scene is the last stand of that T-Rex. And to me, I'm like, okay, it's an old time Western gunslinger between the new up and coming, shouldn't even be here versus no, I'm making my last stand and I'm probably not gonna survive, but I'm gonna. You know, So it's like, it's not the, the T-Rex one. It's the T-Rex finally won. And so, the T-Rex
0: survived.
2: And that that for me, that arc was enough for me to watch that movie four times. Now, So,
0: you're, so, so your favorite characters are the dinosaur, not the people.
1: Fuck the people. A little bit, yes. Um,
0: nice. The, we the also f- need to talk about the, the movie after that because Brandon yeah. has a lot of feelings on it.
1: I, I do, um, my... but, but I'll let you finish your thoughts on, on this one first.
2: Oh no, All I've i i i finished on mine. My, my my feelings on the last one are, uh, it's my favorite since the first one, and it's the only direction you could go. I think so you're in a
0: safe space here for that because Brandon very much enjoyed it. I yeah. I,
1: I think same. But speaking of
0: similar big... to people being in different movies, what was it you said that you feel like the second half of the movie is a different movie than the first half? Yeah, <laughs> like
1: interested in it? yeah, the, yeah. the 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 fascinating part to me about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? Was that what it was called?
0: Yeah. They should have just so.
1: called it like Monster Mansion or something like that. Yeah. The the first half is just another one of those. Yeah. It's it's yeah. just this it's Lost World, How have it's they number not 3 I've gotten
2: Ted Levine into one of these already, by the way.
1: Yeah. And so, like, the first half of it is just another one of those. But then the second half becomes this weird haunted house movie about a bunch of insane rich people trying to buy genetically enhanced dinosaurs. And when it got to a scene where the genetically enhanced Indominus Rex is standing on the roof of a gothic manor, this, like, intense organ music is playing, there's a lightning storm, and it, like, roars at the moon, I was like, oh my god, this is the sickest shit I've ever it's seen. I'm so here for it.
2: It's, it's it's fucking great. It like, was the first time it,
1: they'd done something in one of those movies where yeah. I was like, I was not expecting this.
2: Yeah. I, I, I was just listening, um, almost not on purpose, it was, I think, uh, the Blank Tech podcast talking about uh, the, the Lost World uh, oh, the other day. Oh, I love that shit. And, and they were talking about, like, yeah, there is no other way you could go for these movies. Have you read uh, the Jurassic Park 4 screenplay?
1: Um, I haven't read it, but that was the one where they were going to be, like, genetically enhanced dinosaurs with guns, it, it, right? It
2: basically became Jurassic Park <laughs> 5. And, and the, the problem with that movie, why it ultimately didn't work, although, like... That Not the sp-
0: dinosaurs with guns?
2: Oh uh, no, it's because there is no big baddie. It's just like, well, here's more raptors. Well, here's more raptors. And and that's yeah. that's the only part of the movies that they need, I think, is they need the one big baddie to get to and to build up to and ultimately to empathize with. Yeah. Cause like in in that one, it was just they're raptors with guns. It's really cool. What are we building up to? That's the end of Act One. Yeah. Um, yeah. This one was just like. It, it was it was like, what, what if you took what What if you had Dr. Wu just splice Godzilla movies with Jurassic Park movies?
1: Yeah. And like that it, it ends with a really fascinating like they just let dinosaurs back into the wild again. And there's this very brief scene at the end of like the world once dinosaurs have sort of become a part of the fabric yeah. of life. It's It's in Vegas, isn't it? I think it, it's, it's, it's in a lot of insert shots all over. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. I, yeah, I, I, I
0: mean, won't... that's going to forever change your yeah. ecosystem.
1: Yeah. And like that movie sounds fascinating. They just haven't made it yet. So, there, here's I
0: mean, the... excuse me, excuse me. They made Zanotopia. Thank you. They
1: made
2: Zanotopia twice. I, I, lo- I
0: love it. <laughs> I, I love Zanotopia, I, dude.
2: <laughs> I'm, 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 a... I'm on board for all of this, but I have one philosophical question. So, okay, here, do did, did, did you, did you, did you so Beth, you saw the the last yes. one, right? Uh, so, no. Okay. The final shot of the movie is of a raptor standing above, like a cul-de-sac, like okay. on a cliff top above a small community, and it's going. Okay. And then yep. that's the end of the movie. And yeah. I think the most interesting thing about the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, is there's a clear balance between what the director wanted to do, but he was a director for hire. He was an Irving Kirshner, uh like Empire Strikes Back. Starts back.
0: Was that Travall oh, is- again? I also love, yeah. I love a movie where you can see the argument yeah. between the director on screen. Yes. The directors and the writers just playing out in the movie, that always just... Fucking warms
2: my heart. Like, if, if you, So watch this movie and you'll see like the the director just wants to make the most heartfelt evocative images. There's one shot of the Indoraptor where its face matches up against another clone and it is in, impeccable. And the, the most famous shot of the movie is the shot of the Brachiosaur from the first movie. And it is the best shot on film that year. It's, so, it's like,
1: such a bummer. It's so sad. It's
2: so sad, but it's so well done. So my question is, I think that the director, Jay Bayona, he thinks that the final shot is a cautionary tale. But Trevorrow thinks that the final shot is, oh, this is cool.
1: Huh. That's and really that's, interesting.
2: That's why I'm so curious for the next movie.
1: They're they're working on it, right? Like it's, it's they in production they, they or... In production.
2: When the quarantine happened,
1: gotcha. Uh,
2: so like no, that. they're not. <laughs> I don't believe they're still in production.
0: <laughs> oh, no, nobody's still in production. <laughs> I'm just.
1: Don't we know uh, it? Don't yeah. we know it? Yes. Um, what
0: up, y'all? Being in quarantine in LA is weird because all our jobs don't exist anymore.
1: No. Nope. so <laughs> weird,
0: weird. Can't really work from home on a movie.
2: Nope. And then when you can. Uh then you get to call yourself a raider. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, <laughs> so uh before we wrap up, is is there any other Thanks. topics in Jurassic Jurassic Pargiana that you would uh you just, what, that we missed? Yeah. Or you'd like um, to discuss?
0: I mean I'm sure we could talk about it all day, but like
1: specifically Oh, we could again
2: I've really only touched on the first forty minutes of the show.
0: That's not. We talked about the franchise at large.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, soundtrack. One of the most iconic soundtracks, maybe, of the last 50 years.
0: Actually, the Jurassic Park and then um, the newer Jurassic World uh, soundtrack are both two of the uh, scores that are on my list when I have to have noise, but I'm proofreading, so I can't have words.
1: Wait a a minute, you you listen to the score of a film you've never seen? Yeah. Well, yeah, and you
0: don't have pictures in your
2: head to go up against Good
1: score. Them. I suppose that's fair. It's a good score. It's a great score. I don't um, need
0: to. I don't need to have seen the movie to respect that it's a really good score. That
1: that kid John Williams is going to go places. Yeah. You, you, you know, uh, you, you, this
2: this film did not get an Oscar nomination for score. Really? Huh. Yeah. You know who won the Oscar that year? Who?
0: What year was it?
2: Nineteen
0: ninety. Nineteen ninety-three. No, I don't. I'm ah. Williams. <laughs> for for what? what?
2: Schindler's fucking list.
0: Oh,
1: oh. So I forgot that those were the get... same year. Yeah,
0: I guess nobody really wanted to be like, no, the Nazi movie is bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: um.
0: No, oh, what, what? I guilted into it. That's right. I'm taking a stand.
1: The uh, Academy
0: was guilted into giving Schindler's uh, List yeah. awards. It was fine. It, it's it's yeah. like
1: it's like when they gave Scorsese yeah. an award for like yeah for the departed or some like other thing yeah.
0: God, I saw um, that on such a weird awful date.
1: Oh did
2: did did I did I say anything about uh, driving past Universal uh, for the first time I ever left the house after this terrifying quarantine experience? And the I my phone was in my like little plastic bag, so I couldn't play music off of it. So I was just playing the Jurassic Park soundtrack on my CD player as I'm no, driving past Universal.
1: Oh no! I mean.
2: Which, by the way, thank you, Beth, for uh, allowing it's me still... freedom again. Um, oh, no, no problem. Uh, Beth I'm might have helped,
0: I'm glad but... the mask could help. Yeah.
2: Uh, oh, okay. The, the la- last thing help. I'll leave on, real quick. How old is Laura Dern in this
1: movie? The, uh, uh, the, the actor or the character? Either. Oh, heavens.
0: Like, Laura Dern at that time... I mean, first off, Laura Dern is timeless and ageless and perfect. Yeah, um, I think she's like in her late twenties, isn't she?
2: I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I got the, when I, when I was a kid, my vibe was they are all adults.
0: Yeah, they are all adults, but now that we're adults, it's kind of hard for us to. It's one of those things. It's one of those things where, like, when I go back and watch old media, and I think about the fact that, like, these actors are my age, but in my yeah. head, they still seem like adults, and I'm not.
1: She like... would have been, she uh, Laura Dern was 26 in 1993. Yeah, I was right. So she was uh,
2: she. They shot it 91, 92. So she was 24, going on 25. Her character, yeah. I believe, in the book was 23, 24.
0: Yeah. Damn.
2: It's oh, right. that, that always blows my mind. And uh, I mean,
0: yeah, because to me, it feels like that's not an adult. And then you're yeah. like, oh, wait, it is an adult. Am I an adult? Fuck.
2: Well, well, it's also like the two of them are scientists in the book. He's she's the T.A. It's it's such a weird. The, the book is so fascinating. And that's Oh horrible. wait,
0: is, the, is this all based on. Oh, yeah, it is. It's a Michael Crichton book,
2: isn't it? It's yeah, a, a Michael Crichton uh, novel. And the Crichton novel is a horror book. It's straight up par. You could not make it. It would have just been like Carnasaur. Like, my, ah. my dream is to either be a successful filmmaker or teach this in a community college. Um, I always yeah.
0: forget that it's based on a book because so many, like, properties based on books don't get to go on and have, like, this life of their own like this.
2: Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Okay. The last thing I'll say then. The next two movies, like, 40% of them are just cut scenes from the novel from the first movie. Ah. Huh. It's it's very it's very fascinating because they were just like Weird. oh this scene was good we should have used it. No, oh. oh no. I mean, we talked about maybe Spielberg didn't want to make the second movie. That's, yeah, that's fair.
0: We all get stuck in contracts for things that we don't want to do, really. Yeah. Well, well, thank it's goodness happened, for it's quarantine. Happened to the best of us. Oh God, <laughs> right. no! I just. Uh, well, yeah, this is quarantine is still happening as we record this, listeners. Um, by the time this episode comes out, it'll probably be June, and who knows where the world will be. But right now, we're all still stuck in our houses,
1: mm-hmm. just trying to figure it out. <laughs> but as 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 they say, Hunter Altman finds a way. Thank you, uh, oh. thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. On what I'm Bye. sure could have gone on for three or four more hours. Yeah, but, I, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> um, no, don't if,
0: apologize. This is great.
1: If people wanted to find more Hunter Altman content on the internet, how could they do that?
2: Uh, I would say right now the best way to find me is at, uh, at Hunter M. Sexy on t- uh, Twitter or at uh, – so my show Go Sketch Yourself is hosting a, a comedy show every week at midnight on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Theater every friday night uh anyone can be a part of the show
0: it and when usually, we yes. go back to the world in theory go sketch yeah. yourself will resume at the pack theater every friday night at midnight
2: i mean unless we like twitch more no I'm, uh, fuck that yeah. no you like, so, absolutely
0: not no i'm not even putting that in the universe
2: <laughs> yeah no i i we just hit our seventh week and i'm like no 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 hmm. uh <laughs> are you guys still but, uh, making yeah. the movie we are, uh, it's, uh, it's oh, kind Oh yeah, of more... you were
0: gonna tell us a story about oh, the, yes. the movie okay. and the video I sent you.
2: Yes. So real quick. So basically, Go Sketch Yourself, it's an open submission show that's like very like community based. Like if you are a famous comedian and you just want to try out a four minute bit, you can do our show. If you have never done comedy before in your life and you just took level one at a comedy theater, you can do our show. If you show up in the audience, we might put you on stage if you're comfortable. And so one thing we've been doing is like we've created a thing called Go Sketch Yourself, the movie where for five minutes we would have audience members film a scene that we would create kind of on the spot like on stage with a green screen behind us on the projector so it was like this big little crazy little fun environment and and the idea was like everyone gets to be a part of it it's not my movie i didn't write it by myself i organized a team you know and we're just like taking random ideas and if, if it's your week, you get to do whatever you want. And you can even mm-hmm. say no to my ideas. It's great. It's fun. And then we went into quarantine. And so we only had, like, three months of shooting on stage. So people started submitting short films based on prompts. So, like, Dan Kerrigan sent, like, the Rocky montage. And uh, uh, fucking Noah DeBow did the end of Act 2 sad montage. And so mm-hmm. finally... Alyssa Phillips, who runs the theater that uh, we all are affiliated with. um, She wanted to do it, but she said, look, I'm not not an editor, so I can't edit, but I can give you some funny stuff. And I said, well, absolutely. I've had this idea for a while. We've had green screens forever, but no idea what we're going to put on them. What if we had you be Big Brother from 1984 and Mm -hmm. you just do whatever the fuck you want for four and a half minutes? And just set up a tripod, just film yourself doing whatever you want, and then we'll just put you on the green screen whenever you want.
0: And,
2: <laughs> and, and and it was like, cool. So we don't have the full year, so we don't have all the green screen spots in, obviously. But we did have one piece of beautiful uninterrupted footage where the camera wasn't shaky. And so like you could watch it, and we could get all of Alyssa's gags, and it was really funny and really fun. And that was Beth... Uh, just picked up her phone and started shooting us singing and performing a song on stage for four minutes at an event called Janiversary, which is like this big musical event. That was so much fun. It was so much fun. uh, Fuck, who is it? He was the
0: house band.
1: Yeah, the band band was me and Jonathan Cho and Barton and past guest of the show, Brian Rubenow.
2: Yes, and it was a, it was it was a wonderful wonderful energy, and I love the high energy, and I love the contrast between a black and white silly Alyssa opposite everyone doing like this big high energy dance. And the reason I just gave you that whole spiel is because we lost eleven viewers <laughs> because people legitimately got sad watching people be close together. Oh no. Aww. And I felt so bad because for me, it was like, no, remember this happy energy that we all loved? That's what I was trying to share with everyone. I didn't mean for it to to bug everyone because, like, what you captured, Beth, was amazing. And what Alyssa did was amazing. And what everyone in the room, like, there was this fucking, like, I'm not a spiritual person, but there was a fucking energy in that room. Like, that's how I wasn't sure who was on the stage because I was in my own fucking place running around getting video shots. And it was like all that stuff. And it was just like, no, I didn't mean to make anyone feel bad I just wanted everyone to remember that Aww. you know things are going to be well, like I'll
0: have to look oh, it up on the twitch and I'm sure it's, it's red. You know, it, it, it is, won't bum me out it that was one of the
1: most out. like purely joyful moments I've, I've experienced in that theater and like just, the band we didn't even really know the song Cho sort <laughs> of Cho knew the chords and he just sort of called them out to us yes but we and because I, we'd been on stage for like three hours at that point we were kind of like mind melded
0: yeah. yeah, I'd just been, I don't know, I was in the audience doing the supportive wife thing, and then you were like, we're making a movie, I'm going to run around and film it. And I was like, well, he's not going to get to see it, so why don't I just sit here and film a wide shot for him? So I did. And
2: my, my, my favorite part, which, by the way, we cut out the beginning because we wanted to be perfectly steady, when you were like, no, don't stand up in front of me, I'm trying to fit. Oh, I guess we're all doing this.
0: Yeah. I was like, oh, we're all standing up, fuck, all right. <laughs> Can I, can I? I just um, don't know
1: whenever whenever we would be able to bring it up. Otherwise, can I tell you guys my favorite thing that happened during that show? Sure. sure. Uh, so the middle of the three sort of parts of it was like a fake award show thing. And' it okay. it's gonna be about 10. And, it's uh The two women who were <laughs> like sort of hosting were these these very like over the top like theatrical like actress characters who were doing like a fake award show and, and were introducing each act. It like was they from
0: had... Death Match. Yes.
1: And it was like and it was like they, had, they were announcing you know the winners of an award when they announced each act. And so they were doing the first one, and Barton started playing memory from Cats because that dude knows every fucking song uh, and so then I hopped on it and then Brian did and it was it was cool. It was like it just felt very very natural. So then I leaned over to Barton and said let's play Memory for every introduction for the next hour and he was like yeah alright and then I texted Brian because he was too far away to be able to say it to him yeah. and he was like lol okay and so we do it a couple more times and after the third time I got a text from Beth in the audience and all caps just said, fuck you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I knew what he was doing. It was yep. so good. Can't fool me.
1: Uh,
0: I'm pretty sure you did tell that story when Brian was on, actually. I might, I might have.
1: I might have. Either way, Brian I'm not cutting Brian is also it out. in
0: Brandon's band, so he, yeah. knows, he knows that Brandon's a crazy person.
1: That's true. So, Hunter, uh, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us today.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's yeah. been uh, always fun to talk about it, and now my VHS uh, is lined up for me to finish the movie. Yay.
1: Hell yeah. Um, if you want to find more... If you <laughs> want to find more of my nonsense, I'm Hell yes Brandon on all of the internet-y platforms. Um, my band Inkblot has some tracks up on... Uh, soundcloud and we've got some live sets up on youtube that i think are are really fun and show off kind of our hey we're all fighting for attention live show um (laughs) i've got a track on uh, the aforementioned joey cliff's 50 states project uh on the texas ep uh i recorded deep in the fart of texas with uh pooh will morgan uh and it's maybe this silliest thing I've ever done and I'm very glad that the first project I've ever been involved with that got written up on the AV club includes the line poop on my nuts that escaped from my butts um, that sounds
2: like a, a Will Morgan joint
1: Oh, oh it's, it sure it's, does it is the most Will Morgan thing to have ever Will Morgan and I was in a 10 minute long sketch with him called titty fucking Jesus when
0: he was told me he was doing it he was like, "Yeah, I'm doing it with Will Morgan," and I said, "Oh, your old your old teammate from Gunslinger." And he goes, "Yeah," and I said, "Is that the one whose dick I saw every single month?" And he went, "Yep, sure is."
2: Can Can I tell very quickly the best Will Morgan story ever, ever, Absolutely. ever? Absolutely. <laughs> So um, Tony the Wonder Llama, we did a show that was purely trolling the audience. You can still see the poster. Uh, it wasn't like purely troll. We uh, we tarped up the entire theater before it was cool. We bought a white projector tarp so that we could still project our slides. And then at the end, we had a splash zone, and we gave everyone in the audience uh, tarps to wear. Only six people ultimately wanted to be splashed, so we lined well, them
0: this up. Is Brandon's nightmare
2: we lined yeah. them up we uh we we set up the, the 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 buckets we literally had troughs of water in the back and had like fucking stagehands bringing like we i we we have a video where it's, we we use 24 plus uh buckets of water in that show nice. um <laughs> and so we had a firing sc- Squad. It was Invasion of the Pea Pod Snatchers So they were like We were throwing pee at people basically It was the joke And we just yeah. all threw They all threw pee at the six people lined up Except for Will Will threw his bucket Directly up in the air At the lights accidentally
0: Oh no Oh cool Fun Great Don't tell me things like that It makes me anxious
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah Oh god He, he no backed wonder those lights don't work he backed out of the rest of our shows after that. <laughs> oh
0: wow. Well, now we got to have Will Morgan on here just to defend himself.
1: Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Indefensible.
1: Uh, Beth, what, what if about you? you Pl- uh,
0: yeah. If you want to find me online, you can find me at B scores, B E S C O R E S with an underscore after it. Uh, For reasons I've explained before, don't worry about it. Uh, If you want to follow the podcast, though, you can follow us on Instagram by following the hashtag IntuitPod. You can follow us on Twitter at at IntuitPod, and you can check us out on Facebook as well, though we'd really prefer if you would subscribe to us on your favorite uh, podcast platform. Even if you're just listening to this episode, that subscription really does help us, even if you never listen to us again, though we do hope you will. Uh, thank Listen, you as always to Die Kalen Hard West.
2: Hunter stands. Subscribe.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, we're going to get that Hunter Bump.
1: <laughs> Might as well call this this show Go Bump Yourself.
0: Thank you as always to Kaelin West and Tiny Stills for the use of our theme song. Starting Over is a Lot Like Giving Up off the album Falling is Like Flying. Uh, she is rad. She's still out there making music. Go check her out. That is all I got. I got nothing to plug. I ain't doing
1: shit. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Well, I, so all that being said, I'm going to grab my two, uh, margaritas, uh, underhanded and run from the, uh, pterodactyls as I, oh,
0: if I hadn't already made the, the cover art and if it didn't make sense to use the logo as the cover art, let me tell you, Jimmy Buffett running away with two margaritas in his hand would have been the episode art for this.
1: Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Um, so all that being said, podcast, uh, finds, uh, o- over. Over
0: an ending an ending podcast finds it didn't work ending. at the beginning
1: either.
2: podcast podcast I, yeah, I, finds I, I think this it's going to be the greatest of all time the goat
1: that goat's going to get eaten there
0: you go there you go podcast <laughs> over
1: don't you, don't right. you we're out, out.